This podcast is an extract from a longer YouTube video we've posted on Current Blue, so I'd urge you to go and watch the full video for the best experience. But if audio only is your thing, you're still in for a treat. This is Jude Aston's inspiring Aston Villa story. The man who moves a mountain begins by taking away the small stones. This is my choice. I spent too long in a bed, but as always, one step ahead. Like KVFC, I'm prepared as I can be. The next time you'll see me, I'll be an amputee. If you think this is all a bit much, then fair enough. Please get in touch and I'll tell you the story. The story of how my new beginning has made me feel like I'm winning. Jude Aston is an 18-year-old Aston Villa fan. He's dealt with the challenges of cerebral palsy for as long as he can remember. When developing complications after an operation, which saw his right leg fused into an upright position, he made the bold decision to have his leg amputated in the search for a new life of independence. Less than four weeks later, he was back at Villa Park to watch his beloved Aston Villa. This is his story. I've had cerebral palsy all my life since birth. Um, and after an operation uh, in January 2020 to help improve my cerebral palsy, um, I developed a condition called complex regional pain syndrome. It meant that my leg um, sort of came folded up towards my chest, became stuck like that for three or four years. Um, my leg became really sensitive, so like you couldn't, it got to a point where I couldn't even touch any of my leg um, and I couldn't have any clothes on my leg. Um, literally, even the breath of air would um, cause immense pain on my leg. I'd get burning sensations through it. As part of the complex regional pain, it got unmanageable at home. So I had to go into hospital um, where they tried to figure out what was what was wrong with me, basically. Which again, not knowing what, what's really wrong and medical doctors going around to you saying, well, you may have this, you may have that. And not actually having an answer was really, really hard. And at the same time, still being in immense pain. Because of my cerebral palsy, I've always been around hospitals. I've always been to medical appointments, they're here, there and everywhere. So for me, I was used to that environment, but I've never been used to being in hospital for two to three months a year. You've got to think from the time I went in hospital, which was August, to January of 22, I did not go out of room. Like I was in the same room. I, don't, I didn't even remember what the ward looked like or what the outside world looked like because I was just in there 24 seven in pain. Psychologically, it took a really big hit on me and I had to have a lot of psychological sessions to help me get through that. and sort of figure out what I wanted. I couldn't touch any of my leg at all. Like from, you gotta think it was stuck in a position where it's quite hard not to touch because of where it was physically. So when I'm doing stuff, it's hard. But yeah, even if you were to touch it, I would have immense pain. So I had to psychologically get myself ready to touch my leg. I mean, that sounds crazy from where I, where I am now but that's the reality of it. It was trying to work with it to try and get it out of the physical position because my leg was just in the way. The only thing that was stopping me now was the physical position of my leg and stopping me from doing day-to-day -day tasks like sitting in the car, sitting in the chair properly. Um, it really put me like bed bam. My mobility was really bad in terms of what I could move and where I could sit. Um, I couldn't do day-to-day -day tasks like going to the toilet that everyone takes for granted. It was at that point then once I'd got my life back on track, I started to go out more, I started to experiment going to Villa games, going out into the community, which I hadn't done for two or three years, that actually I found that how much the position of my leg really hindered my life. Medical professionals in the background were thinking about um, mentioning the idea of having it amputated. I just I felt like I'd lost my leg physically 
it was no no use to me. There, it wasn't moving. We'd done tons of physio on it, lots and lots of movements. I've seen lots of professionals, and there was just no movement in it. You go into a surgeon as a 17-year-old and asking them to take your leg off. That's a massive thing. And once the surgeon understood my story and understood that my leg was no use to me, and I I felt like I'd lost it, and physically I could not do anything with it. Um, they agreed to amputate my amputate my leg through the knee. Don't get me wrong, there was risks with this operation, so there was a big risk that I'd, I'd done all that work with the chronic regional pain syndrome and desensitising my leg. There was a big risk that the complex regional pain syndrome could have come back. Now, to me, I had nothing to lose because although I'd got over the chronic pain, my life was still no no good to me. It was I was stuck in a bed most of the time. I could I could li move little bits in the chair, but if the chronic pain had come back, I'd have worked with it. I'd got over it. I got over it once, so in my head, I would have figured out a way to get over it again. My outlook changed on things when the proposition of having my leg amputated came about because I could see a light at the end of the tunnel. Before all of that, there was nothing for me. There was, there was nothing in front of me or nothing for my future. Whereas the prospect of having my leg amputated, I could see the benefits straight away. I then moved to an assisted living uh, flat accommodation uh, where I get support 24-7 if I need it, but then I can also be left, left on my own devices and go go to the villa by myself if I need to. So yeah, that's where I'm living at the moment, sort of in, in a flat, in an apartment and getting help when, when I need it. Anyone watching this will be thinking for an 18-year-old to go through an amputation and decide to go for an amputation, a massive, massive thing. I'm not taking that away from anything that I've been through, but when you're in my position and you can't do the basic day-to-day -day life, life things, then the decision was easy for me because I just knew, like I say, that I'd have such an easier life ahead of me. The one thing that I was nervous about, I wasn't nervous about the operation or having the actual amputation. The nervous thing was for me was getting someone to agree to do it. That was the most hardest thing that I was worried about in my head. I'd think about it and I'd talk to mum and dad, I'd be like, what about if they say no? What am I going to say? Or what about if he says this? And you should see the preparation I put in. I remember seeing the, seeing the surgeon for the first appointment and literally I had a whole list of three, three sheets of paper of what I couldn't do and what my leg stopped me from doing because I was that nervous of him saying no that I, I had to be prepared for every scenario and that's how much I wanted it. I lost my leg three years ago in January 2020 when I had that operation to try and help with my cerebral palsy and unfortunately I never, I never got it back, but I'd lost it and I'd come to terms with it. And psychologically, I was ready. I was ready to go for, for the next step. And I knew, I knew the next step was amputation. I knew that was the right thing for me. There wasn't one time that I was nervous throughout the whole process. You'd think having operations and having a big operation like an amputation, you get nerves. And I'm not just saying, saying this, but honestly, throughout the whole process, I wasn't nervous. And that was because psychologically up here. I've done so much preparation. I've spoken to psychologists, surgeons, family. They all agreed it was what was best for me in the end. Honestly, it was the only thing I was focusing on and that was purely because I could see, like I say, the light at the end of the tunnel. I was looking forward to what I could do afterwards. It was the simple things like wearing clothes, wearing jeans that I wanted to wear rather than cutting them all in half. Yeah, it was just stuff like that that, that I just knew would be so much easier. When I was bed bound at home, I was stuck in my room I remember my family buying me um, some inspirational quote books. I remember flicking through it and I think one of the first quotes that I read was, the man who moves a mountain begins by taking away the small stones. And to me, that's stuck with me ever since because it just sums up everything I'm going through. Whether it's 
trying to get out of the bed one day sitting up, I've removed a small stone, like the small wins that you were talking about, whether it's trying to desensitise my leg, that's a small win, whether it's going to Villa Park in a seat, that's another stone I've removed from the mountain, and then comes the really big one, the amputation, I've, I'm, I've removed the big one, I've got over that, the big one next is, can I use a prosthetic, and that's trying to be moved at the minute. The cerebral palsy which I've had since birth, I've had multiple operations, so I've had like 10 or 11 operations and the, one of the main reasons my body sort of said at this one, I've had enough, get off me and it reacted in the way that it, it did, so that's why it reacted. The cerebral palsy complicates things because when I go back to the first diagnosis of the complex regional pain syndrome, everyone thought it was something to do with my cerebral palsy, reacting differently because everyone that has cerebral palsy has a different journey. Um, so everyone was looking for answers to do with the cerebral palsy and not the complex regional pain syndrome. They gave me some medication to help um, sort of relax me and sort of help take the pain away for the amputation. Um, and yeah, the, the night before I was looking forward to it. I remember the nurses coming in asking me how I was, asking me lots of questions and I was just relaxed, ready. I remember, what was I doing? I was, I was watching watching some film of some sort um, on, my, on my MacBook. I, ordered, <laughs> I remember ordering a takeaway. Um, and yeah, just life was normal for me. They, have, they didn't tell me this at the time, but post-amputation when they got to know me, they were like, we were all questioning whether you knew what you were having done because of how relaxed you was. And I was like, yeah, well, I, I wasn't nervous at all because I just, I just wanted it done and I wanted to see what the outcome was. The only thing that I was a little bit once I'm nervous, but I was questioning in my head was, I'd had plenty of operations in the past, and you wake up and you've got a cast on your leg, or you've you've got a cast on your arm, or you've got a scar on your arm. I never woke up with half a leg, so I didn't know what that was gonna feel like. Yeah. It sounds weird, but I just didn't know. When I woke up, it felt no different. Literally, I felt like it was part of me. When looking back on that, I feel like that's because mentally I was so prepared and I I knew I wanted it. Getting back to Villa Park was a big target for Jude. So how did he get on having to miss match days for so long? You've got to think half of this was COVID. A lot of people weren't going out of the house. So for the first year or so, none of, none of the fans were going into the grounds. We were all watching it from the TV. So for me, it was no different to everyone else. Yeah. As soon as that stopped and the world started to open up again, I just completely changed and wanted to wanted to do everything that you were doing and doing everything and going to the games and that's when I started to really miss miss stuff and then I got taken into hospital um, and again couldn't couldn't go to the games couldn't watch the game so for the first sort of year or so I sort of dealt with it because no one no 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 one were no one was going to the games whereas as soon as that the world opened up I really struggled and sort of wanted to get back out and I tried to get back out and I remember like wanting to go to college and do a media course so I tried to explore that and try to access that but it just wasn't possible with my current my current leg position. When I went into hospital I was 14, 15, I'm now 18. Now during those three years I was in hospital so I missed all of the growing up phase so the stuff like learning to cook or going out by yourself just independent things that 18, 17, 18 year olds do. I missed all of that like, growing up phase, so I, I'm sort of relearning what to do again because all of that time in hospital, I missed. The most important thing post-operation in the first couple of days was managing the pain, and that was what really stopped, well we think is what stopped a return of the complex regional pain, was managing the pain right after the operation. Um, and then it sort of, 
doing the physio, doing the simple things like trying to mobilise. But for me, if you're, it, I, I'm just imagining this, but if you're having an amputation, you, you learn how to stand up again, you learn how to sit down and, and maybe mobilise. But for me, everything like that was new for me because I couldn't do it before. Yeah. So it was the stuff like sitting in a chair, like I remember the first time I sat in the chair and the feeling of sitting on my sofa was just so different because I'd never been in this flat or in or be able to sit on a sofa. Um, so even doing stuff like this now, transferring into a sofa, here I am now. I can be able to watch the telly, I can relax, relax on the sofa and just, I remember sitting here on the sofa, I remember saying to my family, first time I sat on the sofa in about three or four years and that, and that sounds really strange and for me that's the reality of it, just little things. Great to be able to chill on the sofa with my mates, whether it's a play FIFA, have to be Aston Villa of course, um, and yeah, it's just good to be able to watch the football comfortably rather than having to change position all the time and adjust my view because my knee's in the way. For example, I can go to Villa games now. I can go to away games and when I go on the coach, instead of being clamped into the wheelchair and my mate Harvey being on the other side of the coach, I can sit next to him and we can talk Villa all the way there and all the way back. Well, it depends if we've won on the way back. but <laughs> So, yeah, it's just little things like that that you don't think about, even going to the toilet at half-time. Like, yeah, it seems seems small, but it's massive for me, like yeah. really massive because it gives me the independence that an 18-year-old should have. Yeah. I started to go out. I started to get in into stuff and started to go, like I would go around Birmingham and just walk around and stuff and drive around because I was just getting used to again being, yeah, being out and could, yeah. could do that. Yeah. I remember uh, first game post-amputation, first Villa game was I escaped from the ward. It was Villa v Wolves actually. It was a one-one draw at home, and Bailey missed that yeah. missed that sitter at the end, didn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my first game. I remember escaping from hospital. You had your leg amputated on the twelfth of December. By the fourth of January, you were at Villa Park. Yeah. Is that, is that <laughs> I'm an Aston. That's what I do. <laughs> Pre-amputation, I was told that I probably wouldn't be able to walk or use a prosthetic. Now in my head, I knew there was a slim, slim chance that that might be possible if I had my leg amputated. In the current situation I was pre-amputation, there was absolutely no way I was doing that. And post-amputation, my hip, my hip has come down a lot further than what we expected. So you got to think before it was all the way bent up my hip. So my hip is still very tight, um, but there's a lot more, there's a lot more I can do with it now physio-wise stretching because it's not in the way. Yeah. Um, so there is talk of me possibly using a prosthetic, we don't know what in what shape or form, but the fact that, what, two to three months after my operation, I'm sitting here talking to you about using a prosthetic, that's just mind-blowing for me because that was never in the picture a year ago. From having cerebral palsy, it's just always made me more determined to prove that I can do something. So if you go back to my, like, my journalism, like I've been doing journalism since the age of 13 because I wanted to show to people that despite having the disability, I could still do something I love. And just little things like that. I think having, having the disability makes me a more determined person. I don't think I'd be the same person if I didn't have a disability. I always want to see if I can do that little extra, excuse the pun, step. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm working towards. I want to try and use a prosthetic, whether, how long that takes, whether that takes two months or three years. If I can use one, I can use one. I just want to try it and see what happens. And also just, 
I don't know how to phrase this, but enjoy life like an 18-year-old should and experience what an 18-year-old should experience at this point in their life. I feel like a new man, to be honest, because it's given me a whole new life. So this here is what I'm working towards, and this has given me everything.